When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, about to get started up in the coming weeks here. And Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. Everybody, uh, here into a late night edition of the Garden Report as the Celtics fall to the Grizzlies um, in overtime. It was a fun game, it was a good game. there's a, a lot hard. that went wrong, but uh, you know, I, we don't yeah, like to make ex- we don't like to make excuses. But you can make some excuses here before the game. Jason Tatum uh, bowed out uh, due to illness. He warmed up. He didn't play. Uh, wow. And thinking yeah. a case of the runs had something. And then uh, no Kemba. It's it a back to back. So you knew you were yeah, up against it, it here a little bit. I think it was those uh, those wings he had. He posted. I saw somewhere he posted on social media some late night wings last night. Yeah, yeah, something seems about to be the most likely culprit. Ching wings. I mean, listen, <laughs> wings will do it. We've all been there, guys. Come on, let's keep it. You know, let's be honest here. I love, I love young professional athletes who just like you know can have like, like college kids. Yeah, six. You have like sixty wings after a game and like think right. that's okay. You know. Yeah, there, there's a certain point I think in a player's career where they realize that like they just they can't get away with eating shit all the time. Yeah, Ray Allen, Ray Allen used to talk. Is about this a long-term concern for Tatum? Uh, generally, generally, no, we just giving him shit, but yeah, yeah. He gave himself shit, is what he did. Well, you heard about his diet? It's freaking terrible. It's like spaghetti with ranch sauce, Subway I mean, subs, like, and ruffles, right? Clean that, clean that stuff up, buddy. He puts um, up on everything I hear. Yeah. But yeah, those wings. I love when uh, wings. Those were like dipped. Those were dunked in like a honey barbecue. I mean, oh, like of course, the work. Yeah. <laughs> so if that's what it was, then those Memphis wings. Shame on, shame on him. You know, stick to the. Uh, oh, I didn't even think about that, Bobby. Yeah, Memphis. Oh, that's exactly what happened. Not everyone so wait, can handle that, Memphis. They flew in late last night, and the first thing he did at like three in the morning was get a friggin' a ton of wings. Yeah, why well, not? You're only there for one night. All right, it's a popular hey, you, spot, I guess. You hear about a good spot? You're there one night. You gotta get them while you can. John would have done do the same thing. He's looking to he's looking to enrich himself with the diet of the community there. Yep, went in Rome. So um, Celtics lose <laughs> this game. Uh, seems of little consequence because they lose every other game, so we just get used to this. <laughs> thirty-two oh, and thirty-two. Right? New ways, John. I hate it. <laughs> but um, you know, there's actually some positives here, and we'll get them. Uh, someone, I, I guess, someone has to uh, do a Teague apology cam tonight because people have been demanding it on Twitter. Um, everyone thinks everyone is culpable here. Um, Which is crazy. We know who the real culprits are, so we'll get back to that in a little. Um, 
another phenomenal game by Rob Williams. We'll, uh, you know, we'll spend some time there. But this was really like this was more. This was the Aaron Gordon game because during the during the game, all of those rumors started coming out there. So let's get in. Let's do the game quick, and then we're going to get into the Aaron Gordon stuff because I think that's going to carry the conversation tonight. Because uh, you know the reports are now that the Celtics are close. So uh, we'll spend some time on that. We all have some thoughts. We shared them on the thread. Just starting with the game tonight. Uh, where do you guys want to start on this one? The the, the positive yeah. or the negative? I mean, the, the negative was crazy. 80 points in the paint for Memphis. Celtics yeah, restrictive. <laughs> Celtics shot 50-something percent from the floor, 48% from three, uh, dished out 30-something assists and lost. Um, and that's the numbers. Uh, how many more shots was it, Jimmy, they took? 21, I think it was. I mean, yeah. leading up to the final 30 seconds or so. 20, so. yeah, in the end. Yeah. John, the first five points that the Grizzlies scored in overtime were just were off of rebounds, just pure effort. I mean, like, the Celtics, it's, it surprised me that they, they were able to get away with that as far as they did, you know, obviously going into overtime. And then they just – they never cleaned that part up. And yeah. literally as soon as overtime started, it bit them right away. So weird that – you verse this team again that has one of the worst offenses in basketball, 21st. They got away with it against Orlando, who I think was bottom three in offense. We know the Cavs lit them up, who were the worst offense in the NBA. And then again tonight, I think Memphis was 21st coming in this one in offense, and they put up 132. That ends up being, you know, based on how many they scored in overtime, still around 120, you know, just short of 120 for the whole game. Their defense was absolutely horrible tonight, and it who's didn't matter who they had in. Team. Who's playing defense? They weren't playing defense. Yeah, yeah. Who's doing it outside of Rob? Um, you know, doing his part. Who's playing defense on this team? It's a no, collective no. failure. You know, like connectiveness. Look at the play that this almost decided the game. The John Moran backdoor cut. Rob and Smart couldn't find a handoff partner there. I believe it was probably Smart who was supposed to stick with the guard there around the screen. And they, they just had it. No reason on that. Why? There's too much margin for error there when you've got all these moving parts. Right. Right. Exactly. And you know what? They're lucky that they were able to push this thing into overtime because yeah. I'm like, okay, they're getting points in the in the paint. They're feasting over the Celtics on that on that part of the game, right? And then they start dropping threes because remember they were ice cold in the first half from, from behind the arc, where the Celtics were the complete opposite. Like that was that was essentially keeping the Celtics in the game. And then all of a sudden. They start, you know, they, they catch fire from from downtown. I'm like, oh man, here we go again. You know, like this could have been a blowout. What if this is a blowout? Like that would have been. Yeah, Maybe I felt that way in the second quarter when it, when Memphis came out hitting eight and nine. Yeah, they could have lost around there, or maybe you know a 10, 11 point deficit. I mean, something like that. You know, no overtime. I don't know. No. It, it's just it's just effort again in, in that overtime period. I didn't see any of it. Effort, myself. and again, yeah, I, everyone's gonna think I have an agenda here, and it's funny because like. I don't in this in this regard, but like the overtime, if you're going to break it down, uh, your best players are the ones who failed you. Jalen did a miserable job on 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 Brooks on defense, miserable job, miserable, crushed him, crushed him, miserable, crushed him. Yeah. terrible. And then Marcus Smart was freaking awful in overtime. Three totally unnecessary hero ball, untimely shots for no reason at all. And what's the so interesting about Marcus yeah. here is. Marcus is being mentioned as a possibility in this Aaron Gordon trade, which again, we'll get to again. And my initial inclination was, um, I don't know. And Jimmy and I were both the same on the thread. This seems like, I don't know what that does for you. Does it make you better or not? And it's like almost as if, 
you know, symbolically, Marcus was playing for his Celtics career tonight. And then he makes <laughs> he makes a couple great plays in the fourth late, you know, in that and that bucket that got him, I think, within two there or the end one or whatever. Um, got yeah, the end one. But he also had a turnover late in the fourth, but then just yeah. terrible in overtime. And the comments here are filled. Everyone's like, gone. You know, see you, Marcus. I want you out of here. <laughs> Fatigue's so, the starter now, right? <laughs> Who needs who needs to trade anybody if you can just trade for this version of Jeff Teague at the trade deadline? Right, be a perfect <laughs> swap. I, I can echo you guys. I mean, when I lose Jason Tatum and you don't have Kemba Walker, you you would expect that points would be hard to come by, and they wouldn't lose a ton on the defensive end because you know Kemba Walker is not you know this defensive stalwart, and Jason Tatum this season hasn't been anything to write home about defensively. So you think they can make up for that? play solid defense and one of those grinded out type wins. I mean, the Grizzlies used to be the ultimate grinded out team. They're no longer that team. Clearly, you know, obviously the rosters come down to right. 180, but those used to be the games where you'd, you grind out a 90 to 86 win. And there's no reason why it couldn't have been something similar to that tonight, but the Celtics again, and it goes back to effort. It goes back to connectivity, connectivity. Like you talked about, I mean, they're not they're not grabbing boards the way they should. I mean, they got out rebounded like crazy on the offensive. Yeah, class. defensively, it was uh, awful. Fast break points were, you know, everything everything points in the direction of Memphis. Fast break points, second second chance points, rebounds. Um, you know, obviously, um, field goal attempts. All that to me comes back to effort, intensity. You know, you know, the willingness or the want to, you know, go the extra mile there and. Again, I mean, I thought it was a fun game. I thought the Celtics did make a lot of mini comebacks within. You know, they went down seven. They went down nine. They came back each time, which was nice. But they couldn't string those those effort, those performances yeah. together long enough. And like there's, you said, Marcus There's Smart some personnel play. issues too, though, Jimmy. Yeah. And they're just not an equi- – they're not equipped to deal with teams uh, who are – banging them inside or physical or second right. chance. And they're not equipped for that. I mean, they, they can get beat up inside pretty easily. Um, they do. Yeah. They definitely do. And, and that's a that's not that's less effort and more just simple limitations. They just don't have it. And right. again, we, even when Tristan's playing, Tristan's the most physical of the three. We've seen him getting eaten alive by bigger bigger players. You know, he tries hard. He's you know he's he's Mister Participation Trophy, but his the results haven't been great with him either. Right. right. And, and I think also, you know, to, to that, you know, we talk about Robert Williams progressing and how important he's going to be, whether you throw him in a trade or whether we're talking about, you know, him finishing the season with the Celtics. I mean, listen, you know, Valanciunas, he's sort of one of those low key big men that doesn't get talked about a lot for, for that part of his game. Right. Well, at least that's the part of his game that everyone talks about. But it's not like, you know, how, how consistent he is with the double-double machine. He's so big. Especially against the Celtics, right? Yeah, like he ate he ate up 17 rebounds like it was nothing. And, and He's so the physicality, big. Like, <laughs> listen, a year ago, Robert is completely intimidated. He's head down. He's walking around moping. Not tonight, you know? And I, I yeah. thought he got pushed around a lot. And he fought back. And he composed himself. And in that second half, he's one of the biggest reasons, along with Jeff Teague, you know, maybe Marcus could put in there as well that the Celtics be able to push this thing into overtime. He's low key, a really good. I mean, you're right, really low so key, good. really, so really good player. So, yeah. what I'm finding interesting is we talk about the defense. You know, he's 16 team. and 12 this year. I mean, it's not even low key. I mean, he's a monster. Right. <laughs> no one talks you know? about it. Right. He had 19 boards tonight. He's a monster. 19. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah, he, he's one of the more underrated bigs in the league. And you really would is. like a little more size on him, a box-out type of player. It's so weird with Rob. 
he's such a great rebounder at this point still, and I still don't feel like he's that great at boxing out. He's and not. He, he's a spatial. He's a spatial rebounder. Yeah, you see people it. People go not, right around it. Yeah. He doesn't body. He just kind of like reacts. grabs it out of the air, and right. he, that's that made him a weaker rebounder earlier in his yeah. career. And now he's just been able to grab them at a higher rate doing that yeah. tracking probably, but boxing out on a night like this, you're going to give up a lot of offensive out. rebounds. I mean, I, I, you watch this all the time. I mean, I, I, nobody boxes out. Everyone stands there with their arms like this and wherever space they're in. And then they yeah. just, not a lot of people put their ass into somebody like you were right. taught growing up. Smart and it's and more like a out of the you know, it's like, like a stance now. It's yeah. not, it's not, just it's not a physical action. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, a lot of teams don't charge the offensive boards that hard. No, that probably is what it is. Hand, they put a hand on guys to know where they are, yeah. and then they react to the ball. There's not a lot of body. But, I mean, you're right. And Rob's just such a quick leaper, and that's his that's his advantage. He's but just when you do have a guy who's chasing the offensive boards hard, like Valanciunas tonight, yeah. it ends up making a difference. And that's kind of what the Celtics were trying to catch teams with earlier in the year. And they've lost that to some degree with Thompson out, but they also – seem more focused on getting back and setting themselves defensively. So you lose a little bit of an advantage yeah. there, but they've but, gotten better defensively in recent weeks. I just find the differential with this team and wins and losses so jarring because when they win, they're allowing 108 points a game. When they lose, they're allowing 113. And that's pretty much the range between being top five in the league defensively and being bottom five in the league defensively. So if it feels like this team's all over the place defensively, they really are. Like they have some nights where probably the opponents fall out of it. They've had a couple of bullets, stuff like that. But on nights like tonight where it's close, where it goes deep into the stretches of this game, they're giving up a ton of points and they have to chase those teams to that finish line. And as we know, when they're a spot-up jumping team, this offense isn't that great. They're not able to win these high-scoring matchups. Yeah. Well, here's the one thing. And again, we can talk about it as a fluke or a flash in the pan, but um, uh, Jeff Teague uh, obviously had a ridiculous game, but it wasn't just the game that he had in the final stats. It was how he got his points, which was aggressively attacking the paint, keeping getting defenders off balance pace, you know, that type of stuff that you're like, Brad's been ripping his hair out trying to get everybody else to do. And he did it. All night, and again, I'm not I'm not doing this to make it a referendum on Kemba, but was this Jeff Teague game a top five Kemba game this year? You know, like this is as good. Oh man! No, I'm not. <laughs> Seriously, was it? I mean, what what, what do you mean in that sense? Are you saying like this is like one of Has the top Kemba five? had five better performances than this all season? I I don't think so. Maybe a couple, yeah. Five this, was an, this was an outstanding. This is exactly what you want somebody to do to attack to get points. That's get a points. terrible equivalency because Teague's had one himself. Yeah, <laughs> all I don't I'm like saying the ratio, John. That yeah. ratio is little. <laughs> all I'm saying is you love this type of performance, right? Like this but, is what you want. But there's do. only been one. <laughs> yeah, so far. Oh hey, yeah, hey, you're hey, just gonna hey, come Bobby. flying down the river no, now. Hold on, hold on. Don't don't sleep on game one. Bobby. Yeah, that's how this whole thing started. That nineteen no, I mean, point gem. It, it, it was a great, it was a good performance. I don't think we have to. I don't think we have to find a way to knock Kemba because of the way he played. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I, I see John's going to throw this in Kemba's face. Type of performance that you want to see out of Kemba regularly, but you don't. So, um, I'm not even saying that. I'm saying he did things. Yeah, we're not comparing he, the two players. It's ridiculous. Kemba no, I, I, I get what you're saying. We're not doing that at all. All I'm saying is, you are. Kemba, 
Kemba can't get to the basket. T right. got to the basket. You love to see it. That's it. You're done. Yeah. How many guys attack the basket? So few. Jalen and then Teague tonight. That's it. That's like that's the whole season. Yeah. And Kemba tries, but he just gets swallowed up in there. So yeah. that was encouraging the way he got his points. It wasn't one of those fluky like, oh, he hit every jumper and a bunch of threes sort of games. It was like he was getting after it. It was like I said, great to see whether he can but, repeat it again. Not like not, this, but right. if you got well, if you were getting seventy percent of this from Teague, no, everyone yeah, would be that like, would go, that would go Whoa. a long way. But I, I just think I think a lot of the time, especially in the beginning, that first quarter, he was constantly looking for teammates. So I, I feel like the Grizzlies were sort of giving him that space, and it looked good, you know, because he was able to get in there and get in the paint. And there were some instances where I'm like, all right, just go for the layup. You're right there. But then it was leading to open threes and good looks, and then he started picking his time when to attack. And all of a sudden, the Grizzlies were like, oh wait, now he's scoring. Oh yeah, T. You know he can do this from time to time. Boom. You know what? Two or three three pointers. Uh, what was it? Five or five to in the in the first half, and and all of a sudden he's rolling. And, and the offense was was you know him, him penetrating. But I'm with you, John. Yeah, that's true because sometimes it's like what we talked about the other day, right? The Celtics sometimes when they want to attack, they're not really getting into the paint. They're not really getting into the teeth of the defense, you know. And T did a really good job doing that tonight. So I thought what T did well was like Joe said, he moved the ball around, but he also when he smelled blood, he would attack. He would he would go for his shot or he would drive to the hoop. And I thought he was aggressive but controlled. Whereas, like, if you want to compare anyone tonight, I mean, you could say Smart was, like, the opposite of Teague down the stretch where he was kind of, you know, went back to, you know, shooting Marcus, you know, the, the Marcus that everybody wants to yank off the court. So, and, and to be honest, it was – What Teague happens who, to him in these times, Jimmy? What know. happens in his brain? <laughs> It just flips a switch, and he feels like he needs to like take over the game. He's like, "This is a good idea," you know. Like, what happened there? That turnover. It was felt like he wanted to have the ball, and then ended up Marcus Smart was the one that ended up, you know, taking all those ridiculous shots. In the <sighs> that turnover felt like he froze in like a dream or something, and couldn't stop himself yeah. from losing the ball. I don't like, know what he was doing. It was like an off switch. Yeah. It was like somebody like flipped the off switch in his back, and he just stopped, and his arms fell to his side, and the guy yeah. took. Took the ball and went the other way. It was unbelievable. Yeah. So Jeff Teague per 36 minutes, and I was looking at this earlier in the year. He, he's similar to Mike Conley, Jamal Murray, you know, really good point guards in terms of getting to the line per 36 minutes. And yeah. he gets to the line seven times again tonight. That's the one thing I'm willing to apologize on him for is he's great at that, getting downhill, <laughs> getting to the rim, playing that yeah. kind of role. The problem is, and this is always something we run into when a guy comes off the bench and does great, gets a lot of opportunity. Are you going to be able to put him in this position again and again? He, with Kemba out, with Tatum out, he was on the ball a ton from the beginning minutes of this game. And that honestly is what we're looking at is what he needs to succeed. A ton of looks on the ball, dribbling, isolation. He's the king of isolation. Like he's, he's used it as much as uh, percentage-wise as anybody in the league this year. So are you going to commit to Jeff T being on the ball as your point guard all the time? This team obviously isn't going to. So no, where can no, you get no. success from him? Like no, When I mean, he's off the ball, he's dead. He, he's useless. We just keep going back and forth here because, I mean – this is what's tricky. And again, I, I'm just seeing this on the NBC broadcast. 80 points in the paint when we were like, that's a lot, right? Most since most against the Celtics since 1998. Wow. That's what the I thought. I was, like, be, I was like, that's a huge number, right? Right. I was like, it's gotta be that's a record breaker. Yeah. That's that's back when the offense just stood spacing was standing around the paint on all five sides. 98. That had to be one of their worst teams like ever. Oh God. 
That was that, like right before yeah. Pierce. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I think that was before. Was that before Antoine, or was he like '99? No, I think Antoine was like that was like his second year, second. '98. Oh yeah, '97. It's uh, it's D Brown, it's DeClerc, it's Edney, it's Purvis Ellison, Travis Knight. Wait, no, I think that was the year. That, yeah, I think they traded for Kenny. They traded Kenny they traded Anderson's in there too. Um, I don't know if that's that was Cha- what was Chauncey's first. When did wait? Chauncey- no, that was later on. Is that Chauncey's first year? Yeah, that's Chauncey's Chauncey first was, year. That's the Chauncey's Chauncey That's the Chauncey yeah. Ray Mercer year. Yeah, well, Billups and Mercer three and three and, and Mercer. Didn't they trade yeah. Kenny Anderson for Chauncey Billups? Traded Mercer almost traded right out Billups of the gate. For, no, they traded they Billups tra- right away. Right away. Yeah. Oh, traded yeah. Billups right away. Yep. Yeah. I and then he didn't want to. He didn't want to play in uh, Toronto. Nineteen ninety-eight. Can I say yeah. this too? No, I, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> just to throw this at Nick. Save it now. Save it. Well, I was gonna. I was gonna say throwing this at Nick. Nineteen ninety-eight. You're jamming yourself into the paint for 80 points every game. I know that's the high end of things then, but <laughs> you're watching this tonight. John Morant can throw a skip pass from one corner when the defense is throwing it to the left to the other side for a wide open three. How many guys could do that in 1998? And I'm just imagining all five of these guys jamming themselves into the post to get that many points. I mean, people think the NBA stinks today, but I look at a game like this versus what whatever that was in 1998, give me this 10 times out of 10. NBA doesn't stink. It's just, like I said, it's just too many threes. Rod Strickland would do that in his sleep, kid. (laughs) You know know about Rod Strickland. Basketball's prettier when you work for when you work for twos than than it is jacking threes. It's just it's prettier if you can work Ah. passing and you're you know. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to watch any any highlights from the Celtics nineteen ninety eight team. You'd be like, yeah, this is ugly basketball. That's ugly. But, yeah. but generally speaking, it probably wasn't always like that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that's that's what's technically like. the year right when Jordan left. So things were dark, you know? Right. Dark days. Um, <laughs> dark days. So um, I guess, you know, uh, you know, we could we could get right into the Gordon stuff because I think <laughs> you sound so excited about it. <laughs> well, no, I mean, look, it's interesting, right? Um, it's so the, the reports are many at this point, but they're kind of all over the place. Um, Celtics considered front runners for Aaron Gordon, though, you know, uh, uh, a couple people who reported it are also like, it's not close. I guess, you know, the skinny at this point is uh, Celtics got to two firsts, which gets them in line with what Houston had offered, which was the clubhouse leader in terms of uh, best offer on the table so far for Gordon. And um, Gordon doesn't want to go there because he wants to go for a team that has a shot at contending. And obviously Houston's not one of them. So Celtics seem to, I mean, again, Celtics seem to edge ahead there. You will extend (laughs) with the Celtics because they are clearly in a path. Nobody wants to go to Houston right now. Nobody wants to go to Houston. I also perplexed by the move by Houston. What are you doing? What are you trading for people for, you know, like you just helped people to get these picks that you're going to give them away. Are you nuts? So I don't get it. I don't get it. And yeah, must they, should be just be collecting, they should be collecting at this point. Just collect yeah. pieces. Also, Houston's picks have to be heavily, heavily protected because they're not going to give away a lo- fucking top five pick, which they're going to get top two pick they're going to get in the next year or two. Right. So that's going to be, and you got to kick down the road, which Memphis has to consider as well. The protections on that will probably stretch those picks out for another five, six, seven years, which means the Celtics get it. That's fine, right? Where this gets weird and wrinkly is like now you need to get 
Evan Fournier is involved in it as well, potentially, and that the Celtics need to offer a player. And when you start to do the math here, there's some people who are saying like, well, in order to make it work, you might have to do Tristan and Smart and part of your TPE to get Fournier and Gordon in here. And at that point, it's like, what are we doing? Like, right. I, so the two but, John, picks, but you called this, John. You called yeah. it in the very beginning. When, when everyone got excited about the TPE talk, what was the first thing that came out of your mouth? You're going to take another team's garbage along with the guy that yeah. you want so badly. Right. right? It's like deja vu, remember? And like, here we are. And now watch the Celtics fans get upset if one of their favorite prospects or younger Celtics players is on the move. And then think to themselves, well, why didn't Danny do something before? Because that's what happens when you have the TPE. You but know? here's the question, because this is for you guys. So what do you think? So this is where it gets sticky. Like, we, we're debating it on the thread. I'm all over the place on this. Like, I will do – even – I don't love Gordon. And, again, Jimmy asked this question. I don't know what he's good at. Jimmy loves Gordon now. <laughs> I, I don't know what he's yeah. good at. I know he's – I know he's – he has a great athletic profile. He's a switchable defender, uh, you know, kind of an athletic four. He can allow you to play different sorts of lineups in there, which is great. He's not an elite shooter. He's actually not an elite defender when he switches on legitimate threes. Um, he can't keep them in front of him by any okay, means. Cool. Uh, you know, he's he's passable in that regard. I saw some statistic that he's one of the worst, if not the worst, um, high-usage pick-and-roll players in the NBA right now. So there's a lot of things he's not – great at but he can jump and he's athletic and he's only 26 and you think and it's, i think again everyone's like well he shot 40 percent from three this year before this recent stretch where he's gone like three for his last 20 post ankle injury and that's depressed the stats a little i think people are locking into that 40 from three almost the same way we did with marcus smart a couple years ago when he ticked up to about 36 37 everyone's like well if he 40. shoots that well he's a totally different player i think yeah. you're you're hoping gordon is more than he is, but I don't know if he is uh, that yet. What do you guys think just of the player, Gordon, before we get into the deals? Okay, like... I'll go first. Um, yeah, you go first. So I, I, I did text you guys. I was like, what does Gordon, what does Aaron Gordon actually do well? And I don't know if there's a, I don't know if there's one thing that stands out like way above the rest, but I will say in order to convince myself that this is a good idea for the Celtics, I just did what anybody would do. I just typed in Aaron Aaron Gordon highlights on YouTube, and I just started watching them. You got the best and, of the best. And positive vibes only. I don't want to see anything he does does wrong. I just want to see everything he does well. And the one thing that I, I will say, what you know, based on the only awesome things I saw, this guy <laughs> half of it was a dumb conference. This guy's dangerous in the paint. He he's a force yeah. driving to the basket. Um, he's somebody that you don't want to get in the way of. He does play above the rim. Um, I think that he does have like uh, that aggressiveness, like that presence that we always are saying, like, why doesn't Jalen drive? Why doesn't Tatum drive? Why don't these guys drive and create contact and, you know, get to the line and all that stuff. I think Aaron Gordon has that ability. He's a, get the big frame. Um, you know, he play, can play that four position well. Um, and I think, you know, you guys already mentioned it, like it allows him to do a couple of different things on defense. So that, those are like the Aaron Gordon positives. Now you can't shoot. He's going to be one of those players where if he's taking three-pointers, you're basically like, why? Um, you, you probably don't want him taking threes or taking those long twos. It's going to be like Marcus taking threes. Exactly. So that that that's where you're going to have to like the pros and the cons there. Some will go in, but you don't really want him. He, he, right. doesn't, he, doesn't, make you, he doesn't make you better shooting no. team. That's, yeah. I don't yeah, think that's don't... Why, why they want right. him. I, I, I think if he, if he does what he can do well, which is, you know, get some full steam ahead. You know, him and, him and Rob out there at the same time. I mean, those are two – guys that would be you know pretty pretty big forces you know above the rim there so 
there might be there might be some positives to it. Uh, but there, obviously, when you're talking about a a, a a TPE type guy and this time of year, there are certainly going to be players available that have their flaws. So I'm sure that you know he checks off all those boxes too. Yeah, definitely. I, I think a lot of it has to do with this, his what, what's in his arsenal, right? He doesn't do anything particularly great, but his athleticism, what he can do defensively, his capabilities. I think Brad sees that and says, I can work with that. You know, that's a significant upgrade to Shemi Ojale or maybe even Grant Williams. I know Grant had a good game tonight, but, you know, like he hasn't been able to get consistency from that four spot. And I think it's getting to a point where he's like, look, I need to get a guy who I know I can transform into that, into that player that I need him to be. And I don't, I honestly, I'm not surprised that these various reports are saying that the Celtics were interested in not only Aaron Gordon this year, but the last two years, right? That's crazy to me. Deadline. Yeah. And, and that doesn't surprise me because when the Brad, when Brad Stevens or Danny Ainge, like when they have a guy in mind or someone on the radar, like that guy's going to stick around for you know, three plus years or whatever the case may be. We don't really even know because sometimes Danny Ainge will say for one player, but we don't know he could have been drooling over another one for seven plus years. I mean, like, I just think his age is also a big part of this as well. He's only 25 years old. And yeah. yeah. You know, he has a health history yeah. or an injury history, but I, again, I just think in the open floor in transition, what he can do for you defensively. I just think the Celtics see a lot of different options there, and they like it, what they see. It is interesting, too, because that's obviously the Marcus draft, um, and that's where you wanted to land top three there, and you couldn't get in there. Um, and you know the reports were that the Celtics definitely liked Gordon, and if he were available at six, they might have taken him. Um, he went four. Also, they were really rumored to – Danny was apparently in love with Dante Exum, who went five, so thankfully that didn't happen. But uh, – <laughs> but, um, Gordon seems like a guy that's been on his radar the whole time. That's right. Yeah. yeah Exxon was, was five. That was the uh, that Marcus was, was six. Yeah. That was the Wiggins, uh, Wiggins, Jabari, MB draft. Um, you know, which was right. you know, crazy. And then Randall goes right behind Smart uh, that year as well. Um, you know. But, yeah, but, this this guy fits the profile of others they've liked in the past. I just they like that guy, and, that, yeah. that athlete, Jalen Brown. Yeah, that athletic right. right. And remember, remember what people said about Jalen before he was drafted? Oh, he can't shoot. Oh, he won't be a, a, a you know top-notch scorer. Gordon's been in the league since tw 2014 now. Yeah. So here's the problem with Gordon. For, he's been, he's been around for a bit, you know, and it, and his game hasn't his game hasn't evolved. I, here's the thing: if he's not something now, I don't think he's gonna. Despite his age, if he's not something now. I don't know that he's going to be it because again, while I disagree only, with that because he's, he's not going to six. Do you see his game evolving much? He's been in the league since. Yeah, I do. I mean, he has developed that outside shot more. You think what so? You would need to do. You need yeah. to develop it. I mean, like, yeah. you know, Blake Griffin, like Blake Griffin needed to develop an outside shot or like Al Horford needed to develop. Griffin would be the best case scenario yeah. by far. If you, no, if he's he, not going to be Griffin. That's out the window. That was the comparison. That, that's early right, on with him. That's case scenario. That's what he would need to do in yeah. order to get to that level. Yeah. What you want to see from him is more catch and shoot productivity, which he hasn't been able to do in Orlando, more cutting. You completely eliminate the pick and roll, as you mentioned, out of his game, John. That's that's not something he's going to be able to create. And he's not a phenomenal ball handler, a shot creator off the dribble. And if you look at his stats right now, his efficiency, that's where all of the stuff has had to come from, especially in recent years where they've had injuries, guys moving in and out of the lineup, and an increased reliability on a guy like him or reliance on a guy like him to create all their offense. And that's never who he was. That's not who 
he should be in this league. So you imagine him cutting back line for the Celtics, finding open space on the floor for shots, uh, probably playing more role man than, uh, than, you know, ball handler in the pick and roll. You want him to do completely like different things than he's ever done in his career, which is going to shift his productivity away from what he's been bad at in Orlando. Cause they've need him to do it. And they're a bad team to yeah. being with other creators and other uh, scorers on the Celtics. He'll be like a third or four option on the Celtics. Whereas he was a first or second on the magic. I know, but again, it's so that this is again, where it comes down to cost. So if you're talking about, um, if you're talking about Gordon just for two firsts seems okay. That's he maybe not worth that, but I know Bobby's ready to ship out seven firsts if it takes it. Um, <laughs> so look, if it's two firsts or two firsts and Neesmith or Romeo, it still might be considered an overpay, but you might have to do it anyway. Um, if yeah. that's what that deal is. So let's say it's well, two they, they're, they're doing it to sign him, then right? You're saying I mean, yeah. with the idea they're gonna so does that mean that they, they would value extending him over Marcus signing him over smart? Then? Yeah, and then you've got you know that's right. kind of what it comes down to, right? A good they, question. They yeah, six three yeah, versus Marcus. six eight different which positions. Which is why, the, which is why it's interesting. Smart being included in this may right. so. This is where it's interesting. At face value, moving smart doesn't seem to make you better. But if you know you're not going to resign smart next year, and you are going to try to resign uh, Gordon, then you lose nothing by doing that because you weren't going to resign him anyway. Right. So you're getting something there, uh, taking on some more salary and, you know, trying to play little cap gymnastics there to make it work. Maybe smarts the chip to send over that you can also take Tristan. And that's why it's a bigger deal. And that's why all of those pieces are included. It seems messy. And I don't know if it makes you better. If it's four. Not, not only is it messy, they're bordering with this kind of deal in the getting in trouble with the league for cap circumvention, because this isn't a TP deal, especially as it's being structured by Matt Moore. You'd have to stretch this out in the three different trades. And if you're effectively trying to make three little trades in the one TP trade, the NBA might come down. They probably won't at this point, but they could and say, yeah. you're just trying to jump around the cap and do some funky stuff here. Ultimately, I think the cleanest, best way to do this that the Celtics have to hold out on is just sending some pieces and picks for Gordon. Send the picks for Gordon straight up and use the TP, and that's it. That's yeah. that's your that's your game. And now, I, I don't know. Why did the Magic want Smart? That's so surprising to me. I don't know what is what is interesting. I, the other Nick, the only other piece that makes it fit if you do the larger deal is Kemba, uh, and he wasn't discussed. But things get interesting there um, because if you do move Kemba, maybe you can sign Smart and extend Tice and and Gordon, um, and things are different for you. And if you're Orlando, that's not a terrible thing. Right, like for a couple of years, it's not like you're locked in for four. You know, you're not getting the whole. The whole max deal so yeah i mean and for it, someone it, who obviously can put up still put up you know buckets can still produce he won't be your number one option it's all about how they feel about those two years if that if they can actually still make the playoffs in those two years with kemba at the point and i don't i don't see why not if that's their overall goal i don't know my my question is where where's this report coming out coming out of like where, who, who who's the one well, the rarely, rarely does it happen this way, right? And well, you had Amic at first. The other one is Matt Moore. Um, and, then, and Keith, too. But, like, what I'm saying is, like, who, who are they yeah. talking to? Are they talking to Bill Duffy, like Aaron Gordon's agent? Like, I mean, I can't imagine it It, it benefits Danny Ainge or anyone on the Celtics side 
to leak that information. I don't know why it would benefit. I would me. guess it's the Orlando's camp putting this out. I assume it's Orlando's, and it might not even be real to sweeten the pot to get something else somewhere else. Right. So you say, right. you yeah, say, Boston's got two firsts. Who else is coming to the table? You got three days here. Um, yeah. So absolutely, a lot of this could be misdirection. Uh, so we're talking about it hypothetically. It's more, would you do it? Whether or not it's real or close, who knows at this point? If you're Danny, though, can you afford to blink? So at this point, like, let's say in the offseason, we don't know. If he was waiting out Gordon in Indiana and that ended up backfiring and you weren't able to get anything there um, and, and you got stuck, and now you're in a situation where you know if you do this, you've got it, but you're holding out hope, hoping it's only this. Can he afford to do that? Like if it's, you know, if you're no. trying hard to not include a thing, but you know that that thing's going to get it done, do you do it? And and that could be Romeo or whatever. Who the hell knows what what that third piece Romeo. is? Romeo, a player. I'm not saying you know what I mean, but yeah, I don't think the framework that's being discussed is getting enough value for Smart. The only reason you would trade Marcus Smart is getting enough value for him. And I don't think this is it, especially if you're taking money back on. If you have to flip a guy like Tristan Thompson to make this work, it's just too complicated and overdone, I think, for it to clearly be an upgrade for the Celtics. And that's what they have to do with this deal. You know, drop off the assets that they don't necessarily want to. If you're going straight to the top for this and still holding on to additional picks and wings on the young wings on the roster, I'm not sure you're definitively better. Gordon might be a better option in the future, more worthwhile spending your money on stuff like that. But you're losing your top playmaker, your top defender right now, and a volume shooter. And that's the big difference right now when we compare these two as shooting Gordon and Smart. Smart's willing to take 11 to 15 threes a game off the dribble, and that can be valuable. It can be on any given night, especially in the playoffs. Like Gordon's not the, and I know he did it against Brooklyn on Friday, but he's very rarely going to be a guy who's spotting up, taking eight to 15 threes and winning no, a game for no, you like no. that. So neither, I think smarts, if you're just talking one for one, smart for Gordon, I still think smarts more valuable in a vacuum. But if you're talking about moving that value to the wing with a bigger body and maybe a guy who could improve his potential here, I guess it might be worth it. But as far as this Fournier, uh, Gordon, Smart, Thompson thing goes plus two first round picks. I think the Celtics lose that deal. But it's uh, it's uh, it's cap gymnastics. And again, this is what's frustrating here is um, you know I know they're hard capped and you have to find ways to make it work. But uh, it's this is what this all comes down to at this point. Um, and it might not make you necessarily better, but it's it's cap gymnastics and looking ahead to the future. Right. But yeah. But Bobby's Bobby's point. I agree with is, you know, you bring in a guy like Gordon and let's say you ship out smart, you're running into the same issue you had when smart was injured. You you have all these guys that, that don't distribute, they don't play make. And yeah. now you're asking them to all do something that they don't typically do, or it doesn't make them great. So it's almost I like you might make the deal for one reason and it might help you in one way, but then maybe it hurts you in another way. I mean, I, I don't, when I look at Brown Tatum and smart, it's very obvious to me that something is not clicking with these guys. I mean, they're all like thinly fielded, like calling each other out or something over the last week. Like everyone needs to step up and take responsibility and all this stuff. It's like, it hasn't worked over the last couple of years. I don't know if it's just going to click with them. So maybe a shakeup like that is what they need. Um, again, I don't know if it makes sense from the X's and O's standpoint and, you know, how everyone fits with each other on the court. 
But from a personality standpoint, maybe this is the type of a little shakeup that they need to get the ball rolling in the other direction. That's the only reason yeah. I can think Smart would be included. Sam Amick just kind of doubled down on Matt Moore's report, you know, as was first reported. And he's saying, again, the way this is structured, as Bobby said, was going to be complex with multiple teams and multiple deals to make it work because you can't really do what they're proposing to do, but it would involve Smart going over and it would involve Fournier coming here. So, um, again, that's in the full exception. So that could make it more enticing. If you bring in a point guard, probably worse than smart through some third team, you start to think about this a little bit more and met the magic are probably happier bringing in whatever fits in for Gordon spot. Cause smarts a wing, but he's really a guard. I don't think he'd be filling like a regular wing spot for them. So I don't know if Denver would get involved with some of the pieces they have to give up to various players here. I know they have a backup point guard that would probably help the Celtics a little bit. Uh, wings that they're willing to give up on the Orlando side. And they've been involved in these conversations. The key right now is Portland. Because I think if Portland gives up they're, Gary Trent, this is done. They're not yeah. saying, I mean, right now, and again, Amex says it, and I know this was what uh, Matt Moore reported as well. Uh, it's 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 only Den- it's only Denver right now that's in play. And, and Boston's clearly ahead. So, um yeah, I but don't does Denver that. shift to being facilitator in that position? I don't know point. if Portland is um, in the in the mix anymore. Again, a lot yeah. just the way it's being reported. I don't know exactly how it's going to go, but that's what you're looking at at this point. Um, you know, so you know, take take that for what it's worth. I'll there's say so this from Orlando, man. Like, there's so many options that it's just like doesn't really like when you're talking about someone like Marcus Smart, you're just like, you know, like yeah, Gordon's probably the best. You know, he's the best piece out of that group. But after that, I think it's maybe not a significant drop off, but like who's really excited about those pieces? Well, why does everybody hate why does everybody hate Fournier? Uh he's been the two straight postseasons and did absolutely nothing in I know, but I mean I think I think people are sleeping on like his numbers. And again, I know you're doing it on a bad team, but like you realize he's averaging 19 points a game, and last year he averaged eight. Like, this is a double-digit scorer. I mean, it's not, you know, it, right. you're not grabbing a guy who's who's a back-end-of-the-rotation bench fodder. I mean, it is a legitimate, you know, 30 minutes a game, he's averaging 19 points, 45, 45% field goal, 38 from three. This is not bad. I mean, you know, uh, you know, last It's year, worse than smart, though, isn't it? What's that? It's worse than smart because that's effectively what he would become on this team. It's, well, smart. all of a sudden now you have four wings and a couple. I mean, you're, but you're he's line, gone, right? Yeah, I'm saying just this year your lineup becomes completely different now. Where all of a sudden you've got six, 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 seven, six, eight all over the court all the time. Which again, the style that they like to play. Um, you do theoretically have a bit more spacing because at least it's Fournier over semi Ojale. You have bench scoring. You have other things. You lose your facilitator. That's a problem. So uh, this is how people have to think about that too. And I think you do have a point there, John, is that in this trade, you would effectively be trading Tristan for Fournier, which yeah. I think people could live with. And then smart for Gordon, which people might have a tougher time living with. But those two trade-offs could effectively to. make you better. Yeah. Those are the trade-offs. And then you don't have to worry about Tristan next year, and you don't really want to deal with that. And you might use that money to re-sign other people. So it's not just what you do now. It's what it allows you to keep down the road. So I think there are a lot of pieces involved here, which is why it's a complicated deal. But you're right. At, at, at the end of the day, people are just going to look at it and be like, we gave up smart, you know, like, and that's going to, 
look, we talked about this yesterday. You do a trade, it's gonna hurt a little. So in order to get somebody, it's not like I said, you know, Jimmy. This would get joking. so weird cap wise. You're not just sliding a piece of paper across the table and say, here you go, give me a player <laughs> for this, for this money, yeah. for this piece of paper that says 28.4 on it. This is IOU. Okay. It's gonna hurt. And and smart, that's gonna that's gonna hurt a lot of people. And I don't know if it makes you better. And now everyone's gonna debate. Collins versus Gordon, you know, and we did that, you know, are there other, if you're going to give up smart, is Gordon the best you can get there? It seems like the Celtics are fixated on him. We went through it yesterday. I like your, uh, I like your Lonzo Ball idea. I like that one. I mean, that that's my favorite one. And I would do that like that. And I would extend him before I would extend Gordon, but that's me. Um, but I don't know. What do you guys think? Like, if, if you know you're paying this premium now, if it's a couple of picks and smart, and you think that could get you a different guy? Is Gordon the guy you want? I'm just not crazy about it. I just i I like the idea of pairing those guys together. You know, yeah. again, there's there's another tier of talented players that I think Marcus Smart could be a centerpiece of a package deal, along with those picks. You know, but you know, it's like what you said. He's Danny's up against it because. Next year, that contract gets a little hard to trade. I mean, I guess it all depends on who you're trading for and which team is able to, is willing to take on an expiring deal. But yeah. well, Gordon's going at this point. He's the Aaron man in the trade, and yeah. he's going somewhere. So this is your shot to get him if you want him effectively. I don't think there's any way they take him back in. In fact, he's probably played his last game with Orlando after the events of today. So he's going somewhere. It's just going to be, is it you? Are you going to be able to hold this out and get the price that you want? And I do think what works in Boston's favor is if Orlando's training into the TPE, they get to cut all that money out right. And I think that's an advantage for a team like Orlando. Like, do they want to take back Smart and Thompson and do all this stuff? Not ideally, I don't think. And so, like, what's the benefit there for them? So we ask who this comes from. I don't know if it's from Orlando. It might be from Gordon, who wants to get out of there and wants to get to Boston, which could be an advantage for the Celtics, too. I, I don't know, Gordon, that'd be pretty high-level GMing from Gordon to be able to put this together and throw out the rumor <laughs> and, like, do all the cap math, you know? Like, it's pretty – it's a pretty sophisticated well, – I don't, I don't need, yeah, this is what still makes no sense for me because this would effectively be Gordon for two first, Thompson for maybe, like, a second and a second deal, and then Smart for Fournier, which I think the NBA looks at that and it's like, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> Like I think I, you're gonna need a third team. I, I that's it. Sounds like they might, and that might just be you know right an intermediary to. And maybe it. that makes us make more sense for everyone involved. Because yeah. if you're Orlando, are you trading Gordon when you have other chances to deal him here for two Celtics first, Thompson who signed for two years, and Smart who's probably gonna leave after a year? Well, it's, it's not I ideal. Think this is your best. I think this is your best shot to trade Gordon now for them. So I think their best offer they're going to get is going to be here at the deadline versus in the off season. And I think that's why they're looking to do it, which is you got it. We talked about teams yeah, kind of I mean, suffering from paralysis, you know, like right. well, they would have to do nothing and then just kind of wait and see if something better comes along unless somebody has a gun to your head, you know, and that's where you end up getting cornered. You know, because you're like, crap, I'm out of options here. And you could just lose an asset for nothing. I think Orlando has decided we're okay trading him. Where are we going to get the best deal? Now we're in the offseason. And I think it's now. So I think they are serious about making the move. It's just, again, from a Celtics perspective, what does it do for you? I don't know. It's, well, you know, I yeah, don't know. Is, if, if they're guys demanding a trade, I mean, how much 
how much power does Orlando have right now? I mean, really, they yeah, that's kind true. Of need to get rid of them, right? So, and yeah. what have we learned about players and trades? Like they, they go where they want to go. Yeah. Well, isn't that the real encouraging thing about this? That it seems like he wants to be in Boston versus the other suitors at this moment. Yes, yeah. when it's when it's Houston, it's like you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oh, what a weird trade that would have been. Oladipo for Gordon. And then I would have been banging on the table. <laughs> Why couldn't they get this done? So I ultimately want to see something like this get done. And I think Jared Weiss threw this around on Celtic speed that you could still get involved on Collins if you're able to retain some assets there. So maybe that's why you dump smart here, keep all the other assets and try to wiggle something out on the other side. Because if, if you get Collins, Gordon, and keep the core here, now all of a sudden, I think you feel a little better about this being a team that's closer to a championship. That was Jared's, but it's that one's expensive. You go deep into the tax. So um, this is going right, to bring you into the tax too. And this is the question is we talked about it. Like, I mean, the reality is, you know, these aren't, you know, the, the, the Celtics ownership group is not the deepest pockets in the NBA. Um, and you just lost a year's worth of gate revenue. Um, I don't, you're, are you going to be the Lakers and the Nets and one of, and Golden State and one of those franchises paying paying you know tens of millions into the tax? You know, mm -hmm. you're talking eight figure tax bill every single year. I don't know if they're prepared to. Well, do this that. is for the two thousand people that get in in two weeks. They have to buy as much beer as possible. Just yeah. like fifteen no, rounds. Is not advocating excessive alcohol consumption. I just want that to be known. Okay. Well, what I, what I suggest is load up on chicken fingers, but spend some money, buy some souvenirs. That could get you into the luxury tax. Okay? <laughs> what, what, I thing is you guys, what if they what are? If, what if we started a GoFundMe for WIC and the ownership yep. group? Right. Every fan puts that's in what we do in America. Because, yeah, because. John likes to remind us they're like one of the poorest ownership groups going. So they might need a couple of bucks to uh, right. kick them into uh tax tax gear. Yeah. They're they're like right, you know, they could be like bailout fund. Could the Celtics ex accept a uh, a GoFund? <laughs> they couldn't accept that, could they? Let's do it. A fan fan run GoFundMe to go. How much would it be worth to you? I'd kick in I I I'd give you ten dollars. Yeah. Ten dollars for Aaron Gordon for John Collins next year. What would we call it? The fan Collins exception? Yeah. Fan player, the player fan exception. Yep. Yep. We could do it. <laughs> I mean, this this is what drives me crazy here. Oh, we gotta do it every year. It's a recur it's a it's a membership. You gotta pay every I, year. I, I fan. It's you a recurring it three year, three or four year membership. No, no, this is it. I got it, guys. 10%, everyone who got a stimulus check, you get 10% of your check goes to the Celtics. That's, oh, that's an interesting question. If you got it, hang on to it, man, because I don't know anything about it. <laughs> hang on to it. Someday, yes, when when our video goes behind a paywall, because like we get like crazy subs, we'll just put a percentage of that subscription to the Celtics GoFundMe account. So we're actually contributing to their roster yeah. while we critique their roster. And I didn't yeah. know. <sighs> so that's what we got, man. It's uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. It seems like this is it, but it's now we're we're getting close. Um, I will, Jimmy. It's past forty five minutes. I will give you an option to say sayonara. If, if guys, you want to hang for a little while longer and keep going, we got a lot of people here watching, so I don't mind continuing on. But um, 
Jimmy, I'll let you say, like I said, at any point. We're going to do 10 more minutes. and then I'll 10 more minutes. All right, we're right, gonna, so we'll, do 10. we'll take it to an hour and we're going to call it here. Um, but I mean, you know, well, you let's guys. Let's talk about tax for a second, seriously, though, because. I don't know enough about it. Well, this is going to, all you need to know <laughs> is Nor, that. Dude, tax season? Come on. All you need to know is that adding Gordon the way we want to is going to push you into the tax. So all of a sudden you're paying tax in a year that you want to avoid it. And then doing what we suggested with Collins would push you deep into the tax, but that's kind of what you need to do in this league to win a championship. Let me ask you this, Bobby, is it possible? And again, uh, Hans, one of our, one of our, uh, one of our, uh, uh, our regulars here uh, watches every show and thank you uh, all of you that do. Um, Bird all the time. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's a great, it's a great uh, uh, name to username, but Collins and Bogdan, right? Huh? It's the Simpsons. It's the little wrinkly guy. Yeah. I'm 32 years old. He looks like he's 120. Oh. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's a great name. Yeah, Hans Molman. So um, he, um, the Collins and Bogdan is the other theoretical trade that's similar to this in terms of pieces, right? Um, uh, a team that isn't sure they want to re-sign a guy and they want to get rid of another contract, and this is similar-ish, even though Bogdan is, you know, is not expiring like Fournier, but. Uh, is that a better is, is is that also involves potentially smart and other pieces? Is that deal better for the Celtics? Is that pair better for them? Because it is kind of it seems like the framework is in the ballpark similar. It, it feels that's what they want to do first, right? And then not sure, but I wonder also if they think that they can. If you said your scenario, Bobby, of hey, who knows, maybe they get competitive and sign them anyway. Um, sign them to an offer sheet anyway that they're holding off on Collins because they think they well, no, what they would do effectively is trade for the five million now. This is the real sneaky cap way to add as much as they possibly can before they just jump into the tax and can't add anything forever. You trade for five million now that becomes 25 million or whatever it would be when you re sign them. So you'd have to trade for Collins. The Celtics can't offer them an offer sheet, they have no cap space. Uh, so you'd have to do that now, and then Gordon can slide in on the TPE. So Bogdan would be out of the picture on this one. The tricky thing is, reports are saying today, and I know Jared alluded to this on Celtic Speed, is that the Hawks start asking for Brown. So then all of a sudden you're just like, all right, we're done. Like There's just no point at that point. But if you could somehow give up everything to Atlanta, maybe all the other picks, all the other young players, and somehow get them off that, you could maybe add, um, give up Rob, would probably be the central piece of that one. You could add Collins and Gordon now, and carry them into the future and then your core is gordon collins brown tatum and uh yeah that would be it at that point not horrible which one's better for you guys all your picks are gone bobby which, which deal is better the collins one or the gordon one probably gordon Guys, I mean, for, for smart though, because you don't have to max him immediately. Um, and you've got him at a manageable salary for a couple of years. Well, what but, I mean about that is if, if it's smart, it's Collins. But if you're just able to do like a more prospect and picks driven deal, I do Gordon. I don't, yeah. I'm out on the smart and Fournier thing. I don't like that. Wow. That's it. He called it time of death. 1229 Bobby's out. Yeah. I don't I think they're giving up way too much. Yeah. And and the thing the thing with 
Danny's gone on the radio a couple of times and basically said that like they're not interested in trading for players that are in the last year of their Fire. deal because yeah. they're not willing to. Well, you have to think of it as Thompson for Fournier, which is like what you have to position yourself over. Even though that wouldn't be how the math would add up, it's effectively Thompson for Fournier. No, I meant I meant Collins for the Collins deal. Oh, like, okay. In, well, if you're doing that, you know you're resigning him, right? That's the only reason you would do it. Right, and I guess in that sense, they would probably assume that he would take them. He would sign for the max. So they're not trading for a player that they think is going to get more money than that player deserves, I guess. But I don't know. I, I haven't heard. I haven't heard or seen it that the Celtics are like head over heels about Collins. And I mean, honestly, I in the games that I've watched him play, I, he's been hit or miss. I mean, I'm not like, oh, you got to do everything you can to get Collins. I'm not in this. I don't, I don't need to keep Marcus smart either. Like I'm completely fine with him being traded in the right deal. Uh, I don't think they should just give him away just to like shake it up. I mean, I think it would need to make sense, but by no means is he like this untouchable player or like the winning plays mentality where it's like, he's worth so much to them. I, I do think that he is important to them, but if you're calling the season a wash anyways, if, if, if you're, if you're pretty much chalking it up to, you know, they're not going to win the title this year, then the value of Marcus Smart goes down considerably because now you've only got one year left with them. You're probably not going to re-sign him, at least that's not what it sounds like based on the way the roster's constructed. So now you can start thinking about, okay, well, what, what can you get for him while you still can? I like Collins, I think, in this scenario, if the, if the two were on the table, but that's so me. Let, me. let me reframe this because the TP effectively is replacing Hayward, right? So now you're going to give up Smart to replace Hayward and you're giving up two for one, and the one's Gordon. Think of it in that sense, and it—that's exactly what it is. Yeah, is, and then you're paying two firsts on top of it. That's what happens again. This is again what we've been saying from the beginning: is the TPE alone is not going to get you your Hayward replacement. You have to fold it in with another player, and so mm-hmm. that player in this case appears to be, to be Marcus good. Smart plus first round picks. So it's basically you lost Hayward for Smart and two first round picks, you know, and and to get Gordon. So, I mean, yeah, hey, and I obviously don't care about the picks, but which is everyone's cra- like, Danny did it again. He got a TPE out of the deal, We're like, which is a crazy bad deal. It was, you know, Gordon Hayward for Marcus, Gordon Hayward and, uh, and for Marcus Smart. You know, you, you give up, you know, you give up Smart, Gordon Hayward, two first round picks for Aaron Gordon. That's horrible. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying, horrible yeah. Trade. And let's or think of what the road. Gordon Hayward. That's why we were saying, or John, that's what you were saying. I would have overpaid for him. I would have given him whatever he wanted because that's the, exactly right. Because it's better, is, better than this. Yeah, better than and this. Zach will do that in his thing again today. He loves talking about that. That if the Celtics wanted Turner, it was done. It, like they just had to pull the trigger. And yeah. I believe low. Like there's a lot of ardent Celtics people out there who are like, he was going to Charlotte no matter what. No, give me a break. I, all of that stuff is bothers me. That's Hayward not, trying to give goodwill to the it's Hornets not fans. True. It's not yeah. true. I uh, there's no way Charlotte was his dream destination. I think he, he wanted was, to go to Indy. He was thrilled to go to Indy, and I also don't know that the money was real here in Boston. And I do think if you de- if right from the gate you say the four and thirty done, he doesn't even talk to anybody else, and they don't extend it, and they just sign the deal. So I believe if they wanted him, they could have signed him at that money, and I believe if they wanted to trade him. I don't him, know about that him. one. I, I believe in the role stuff being an issue I for think him. you can say that afterwards because it makes sense. It's one of those. It's like Rob's hip. It, it's true, <laughs> but it wasn't the reason, okay? Yeah. It's true, but yeah. it's not the reason. 
that's that's my opinion there. And if I'm pressed, I'll bring it up. Right, and and it'll make sense because the narrative fits that I can go here and what this helps explain it better because it's going to tell the you know it's also a little dig at the Celtics on the way out. Oh, I could be myself here. He would have been happy to be whatever version of his cheese shop going self he was here um, for thirty million dollars if the Celtics gave it to him. No question about it. I, I refuse to accept that, and I refuse yeah. to accept that that Indiana trade wasn't there. So I think that this is a ma- we were I. I I don't know how much more. I, this was a massive botch by, by Danny beginning, and your and Jimmy just laid it out perfectly. The price you're paying for that disaster is having to give all of this stuff to play catch up. They've been playing catch up since Kyrie walked with Kemba, selling out players, giving away picks to get rid of players, to get under the cap, to to be able to do these things. I mean, look that's, at everything, that's a good point. Look at everything they've hemorrhaged just yeah. to make up for guys leaving. It's it's a disaster. Wick pretty it, much think, said that too. I think one of the most overlooked... <laughs> yeah. Kyrie messed the whole thing up because they've been, they're just dumping players and picks and players and picks. I think even the most minor one, they, yeah. they picked Grant Williams over some other guys just to creep back a few spots to sign Kemba. And who knows what they could have gotten in that draft, but that draft obviously ended up being a disaster because of that. I think Thibel was the guy they gave up, right? Probably yeah. rather have Thibel than Grant. I yeah, think that when 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 they re-signed Jalen, like I don't like people don't understand how crucial that was because Jalen could essentially just been like, you know what, I'm just gonna showcase myself and see what's out there. I don't know what you guys have in store for me. Okay, yeah, Kyrie's not here anymore. I like that, but you know, I don't know if I'm gonna be if you're gonna put me on the same level as Tatum or if you even see me, envision me to make that ascension. And they they obviously bought into him and it, it obviously paid off because I think Jalen could have made a whole lot of more money elsewhere um and of course he, he got they got him on a was, was going to easily be a bargain in a couple of years yeah so there's yeah. a story this is a topic for another day but it's great that they did that that was completely necessary but they still need to figure out if tatum and brown are tandem of the of the future because i have well seen, that's i haven't seen that, enough to uh to say that they are that's why i I've been pushing so hard for a deal too, because I think they've got such undue look at Jalen tonight. He had to take like eight spot up threes around screens. Is that Jalen's game? Not really, but out of necessity, this is is where the rosters put those guys. Tatum has to be a 35 minute, a game facilitator, which you obviously eventually want him to be, but he's 22. He's only been doing that for a year. So all the questions that this season has generated about are Brown and Tatum, the guys, it's so frustrating to me because I think it's a product of the team that's been around them. I just think the reason I'm against this deal, if you think about the missing fifth piece in all these lineups throughout the year, ultimately you would be looking at Kemba, Brown, Tatum, one of the centers like Tyser Rob, and then it's who's the fifth guy. Is it Gordon? Does he step up and expand his game in this position? Then you look at Fournier, and then you look after Fournier, and it's looking real shaky again. So effectively, you you move from having six guys to seven guys, maybe, if Fournier's playing well. And I think you're just trading out too much in that spot to add unknowns, to take a risk. And I think they could hold out here and give up less. I know I've criticized for Boston doing that in the past, but... <laughs> I understand it this time, <laughs> but that's again. I'm not mean. I don't mean to make fun of you, Bobby. But that's the whole thing. Is yeah, 
when it gets down to it, the actual yeah. trade is going to be one that's difficult to make. So I know it's easy to say early, Danny, do something. <laughs> well, here we are. <laughs> this is the something. And it's like, oh, really? All that, huh? You know, Ugh, I don't like it. Well, let's, all right, let's put it on the table. As it stands, are you guys doing it? I, I, my brain hasn't – you guys go. I'm still I'm, – I'm struggling mm-hmm. with it. Joe Sway's a no. What's the trade? No. Thompson – Smart and two first for Fournier and Gordon. It's not an awful deal, but no, I wouldn't do it. Probably not. That's, that's a lot of money. I mean, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot for Gordon. Again, I think I'm a no too. The two, two first on top of it are, are, are a lot. Well, the, here's the thing about the first, they might have full lottery protections. They will. Yeah, but they're not going to be in the lottery. I, I mean, that would be stunning. But you're giving up wonder, 15 to 30. I wonder if Orlando builds in protections where if they're, if they're like below 20-something, they roll over too, you know? Um, because they, do you want to take – again, this year is probably the best. <laughs> the battle pick. of the protections. That this would be a year, fun season. <laughs> this is the best pick you're going to get out of the Celtics, which is probably – if they make the playoffs and go out early, a 16, 17 pick, you know? Um, you know what? Here, here's what I'll say, actually. Realistically, you think that pick's in the 20s, you know? You know what? Like, the more I think about it, the more I would be okay with it. I'm I'm almost saying no because I don't I, – I, I'm thinking, well, who's going to who's gonna be the distributor or who's going to be the playmaker? It's like, well, if they can find another player for that role, yeah, Kemba, or just, you know, another, another player to fill those minutes that has similar – abilities again i'm not i'm not married to marcus smart i would i would i would seriously consider that trade especially if you're thinking that Ainge is going to um target gordon as a player that he wants to sign after because like you said they they would need to acquire him via trade in order for that to happen right yeah mm-hmm. yeah so and if, if I, I i would find it hard to believe they're gonna they're gonna play it back with marcus smart once his contract's up i just find it hard to believe i just i don't yeah and right. this deal yeah. would leave a ten million TP for the offseason for what it's worth. There'd still be some left over. Yeah, I, I you know, it's funny as I go round and around. I'm leaning towards doing it, um, yeah. but, but um, I don't. I'm not sure. I love it, but um, but what are you going to do? You know, John, you keep Rob. Yeah, I told you so. And you I'm not going to keep Rob in this deal. I'm not oh, going to lie. I do want to see. Um, I, I need, you know, as again, the, the cap stuff makes my brain hurt. And I'm not going to pretend I understand it. I do need it, you know, explained a little better in terms of the how, why it affects not just now, but what they do in the offseason and then beyond. Because it does seem that all of this is because the Celtics need it to be this way. Are they uh, hanging on for Beal? Is Beal still a pie in the sky option that they wouldn't want to blow up their chances for yeah. that? Julian asking if we're doing now. daily shows this week. We are we are going to do something real quick, and I'll let you answer this. Sorry, we're going to do something immediately if there's news, and we're doing. Not everybody in this chat knows it. We're doing a trade deadline special um, in the hour leading up to the trade deadline live, um, and we'll hang out for a bit after if they do make a deal uh, for whoever is around in this group to do it on Thursday. Um, but what time yeah, is that? Uh, is the trade deadline three? 3 p.m. Eastern Standard yeah. Time. So we're going to try to do that. We'll, we, we'll bring in a uh, you know, cast of characters for that as well. But uh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, finish what you were saying there. Just way you were about to jump in. No, I was just um, – no, I was just 
what was it the, the, about the trade? I, I was done. That, that's all I had, really. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think I was saying something, but I forget what it was, too. Everybody's yeah, brains were fried by these cap gymnastics. Yeah, the cap, the cap, the cap's so goofy. And honestly, the league needs to get rid of TPs because everywhere a TP appears, another one appears, and it's just these empty roster spots that fan bases and teams have to juggle around and hype up and play with into the offseason. And if that wasn't a possibility, maybe the Celtics do look a little longer at Turner and whatever Indiana was offering there as a way to salvage assets. This kicking back and whole discussion we've been doing and games we've been playing for, it's been great, but it's it just it's just the like x uh the like excel sheet portion of the game that so many fans don't want to play around with and like you, you want to talk about players and like real physical assets not a magical 28 million dollar spreadsheet box <laughs> right like yeah. i would just get rid of that why why i mean they, they've made it very difficult the nba's made it so so difficult to follow and to try to figure out what well just think of it if you're losing hayward because you couldn't retain him or you couldn't offer him a real deal why should you get a 28 million dollar box to use into the future it's just so be- stupid what i will say is what are we going to talk about when there's no tpe anymore when the celtics use it we'll literally have nothing to discuss well, that's why it's so important <laughs> That there yep. is nothing after that. After that, right. what's after Tatum and Brown? Jimmy stayed overtime here. Uh, we're well into the night. It's a school night. Jimmy's got meetings. We've all got to uh, sleep some. It's a back-to-back night. Um, I think is literally starting to shut me down right now. Anybody at home again. Joe needs to go to bed. is literally like, Joe you're done. This is it. commenters have been watching you like – He's slowly fading. <laughs> and not only are you fading, like in terms of your, you, like it looks like your attention, but actually the screen's getting blurry. That's what I'm talking about. My screen <laughs> literally is. That's what like, I meant too. Yeah. completely out of things. But um, for everybody at home, we'll just let you know um, that uh, subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, oh, big week, guys. Big week. Seriously. You will get and, and 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 turn on notifications. If something happens, we'll jump on live right away. Um, tell your friends about it. Uh, we'll be, obviously be continue to do these shows um, throughout the rest of the season in the playoffs. Uh, uh, we're we someone asked daily. We are going to eventually be moving daily with the show, and we'll let you guys know a little bit more about that. And again, we do have something very exciting that involves you guys, um, the viewers. Uh, in a uh, coming up in april next week so we'll tell you more about that when we get closer to it but it's really cool uh and it's interactive and it's fun and it involves the viewers so uh looking forward to it um but that's it again thanks everybody on the panel in addition to hanging out because it was a late one jimmy poor joe sway no i'm fine (laughs) get out of here (laughs) one thing i'm gonna do either after wednesday or during wednesday show or friday show opening up a top shot Top shot pack on our show. I, I got a pack today. I was in the queue. I got lucky. So I've never had one. I've never opened one before, but we might we might be making thousands of dollars on this top shot pack. So I'm gonna open it up like at the I'm end excited. of one of our shows, Wednesday or Friday. Yeah. So that's that's gonna be riveting television for everybody involved. Oh sorry. I was offended by a comment, but I'm gonna let it go. <laughs> Boomer might not know what Top Shot is. Don't worry about it. We'll explain it all. Oh, I was looking at the ketchup over mayo, and I might ban this guy forever. But um, what? That guy's yeah. I'm with you, man. 
Okay, hey, sorry. Feeling good for a couple I'm of days. You, it's not cool to like mayo. People just hate. People are ridiculous. Mayo is objectively delicious. It in, it in, it incorporates delicious ingredients that are like that are all flavor enhancers. If you don't like it, I've got nothing to say to you. Ke ketchup it's is not bad for you, John. It's not been booming. If you don't like it, especially ketchup yeah, if it's that mayo. if it's that corn syrup ketchup. Ketchup is to mask bad food. That's it. <laughs> ketchup and mayo together. I'm 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 weak, I'm weak for that. that that's Money. What do we I'm think of turkey burgers? <laughs> Bobby, what's funny is I gave you I gave you grief for the turkey burgers, but I eat them all the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, oh man, I believe you, John. I'm I'm that guy. I give people I give people. I'm props. not like I'm like what's that guy's name from uh from uh, uh Parks and Rec? Uh, Swanson. The uh yeah yeah the 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 carnivore. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do a turkey burger. You know what I've been eating is the uh, Beyond Beyond Meat burgers are actually pretty good. Yeah. I like I've tried. Very I like, well. I like I'll, I'll I'll do one. I mean, I've tried. Not a burger, but <laughs> I've tried. I tried. Rob Rob Swanson, thank you. Um, turkey Turkey ground beef is a I'll, that's a that's actually sometimes it's like the exact same. But turkey burgers, it's different. But I don't I don't mind it. But it's, I'm still I'll it's take different. a burger. Yeah, I'll get yeah. down. I'll get down. Nick Offerman's one of my favorite actors, by the way. Turkey ground ground turkey is pretty good, though. Yeah. Uh, all right. And healthy. Way healthier. Way healthier. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's it. That's it, guys. We're into the pickle portion of the night. We'll say hey, goodnight. Condiments. Uh, and again, someone's mentioning Sam Amick has news. Sam Amick just doubling down. It appears on the um, on the uh, the Matt Moore report. But that's what we think. If there's anything new, maybe we'll jump back on. But I think yeah, we're good. he's a little confused about the cap portion of it too. So we'll sort all that out in the that's tomorrow. What I mean. it's, it's, it's some people are saying Tristan has to be included. Some people are saying not. Uh, I don't think my read on it, from what I know, is that you can very easily run into cap circumvention if you're trying to piece together multiple trades just to make a TP work because you can't do Thompson and uh, Smart. For a TP deal, you can't send two players while you're eating one player in a TP. Yeah. And I don't think you could do multiple deals because it wouldn't be allowed yeah. into the cap. So, yeah, we, we got to wrap our mind around a lot of it. I wouldn't be surprised if you see us pop in tomorrow and uh, talk some more about it. But until then, we will say goodnight. Thanks again, everybody, for, uh, for, for joining.